Hello, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Thanks again for joining During Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts. In today's lesson, we'll be talking about how God leads and provides. It is the story of the widow woman and Elijah the prophet. So let's get started with a prayer and then into the story. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your wonderful love and your grace. We thank you for protecting us and being with us and guiding us throughout our life, Lord. If we could only listen to you, we would know, Lord, how to carry out our days. We thank you and bless you. In your blessed name, amen. When you need hope, the story of Elijah and the widow woman of Zarephath. Here's a little backstory on this. Elijah the prophet had gone to King Ahab, Israel's most wicked king, to declare a drought. There would be no rain, not even dew, because of Israel's evil adultery until Elijah declared that it was all over. Now the name Elijah means Yahweh is my God. See, in the days when Ahab's government officially supported the worship of Baal and other gods, even in this name of the, the prophet Elijah was telling the truth. It was a critical time in the history of Israel. It looked as if the worship of the true God might be completely eliminated in the northern kingdom. We're going to be looking at 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 16. Verse 7, It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The part about after a while, or the end of days. So the word was used more often that way, like in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and then Judges. Again in 1 Samuel. And this seems to be the convenient time for the drying up of the brook, which was gradually dried up. So this agrees with what it says in 1 Kings 18 and 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. In the third year. So it took a while for it to dry up. The brook dries up. God so ordered it, so partly for the punishment of those Israelites who lived near it and had been refreshed by it, partly for the trial and exercise of Elijah's faith to teach him to be dependent upon God alone and not on any creature for his support, and partly to show of his own all-sufficient in the providing for his people. Verse 8, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, As Israel went into extreme drought, God tucked Elijah safely away from the murderous Ahab. God first sent Elijah to a stream where God had ravens make a daily bread delivery. But when the stream was dried up, God sent Elijah to the widow in a gentle town of Zaphrath. Bible names of the Zaphrath is ambush of the mouth. God led Elijah one step at a time. He did not tell him to go straight to Cherith until... He first delivered the message to Ahab. He stayed at the brook where he was fed and watered. God did not tell him to go to Zaphath until the brook had dried up at the Cherith. God led Elijah by faith one step at a time, and Elijah followed by faith. Verse 9. Arise, get thee to Zaphath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Sidonna town in which Elijah was entertained by the widow after he left the brook of Sherith, we find in 1 Kings 17 and 9. It was probably of Sidon, the town, according to Josephus, it says, not far from Sidon and Tyring, for it lay between them. Historical leaders place it on a public road, 
the road along the seashore. It can be no other than the modern Safarad, about 13 miles north of Tyre, on the spur of the mountain which divides the plain of Tyre and that of Sidon. We should also remember that this general region was that of the wicked Queen Jezebel was from. Elijah had visited many enemies' territories and shown the power of God in that area where Baal was worshipped, though ineffective through this drought. Verse 10, So he rose and went to Zaphab, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering up sticks, and she, he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I might drink. Just like other great men in the Bible, God told him to go and he went quickly. When God tells us to do something, just do it. Every time someone is moving in by the Spirit, then a blessing will flow. Now how long did it take him to go from the brook to this city? There's a map that shows the distance from the brook sheriff to Zaphath where Elijah met the widow woman. Did you know they're approximately 85 miles apart? That means that there was a journey between Elijah's time by the brook and the work that God had for him in Zaphath. The account doesn't tell us about the journey, but it makes sense to assume that it took Elijah a while to get from point A to point B. As we look at this, the Lord shows us how this mirrors our own life, especially in the current season. Yes, I am confident he dried the brook up, but I also know that we're not yet at Zaphath, but instead we're on that journey in between. A journey of waiting, a journey of uncertainty, but the journey filled with the presence of a faithful God. God's timing is always on time. We don't always get to leave one season and immediately begin a new one. Sometimes there's a waiting in between. But we can rest assured that the waiting, God is there working. For you see, Elijah journeyed to Japhab. God was preparing the widow woman to be in need at that very moment when he arrived. Elijah wouldn't arrive one minute earlier or one minute late, or he would have missed that widow woman gathering up sticks for her final fire in which to cook her final meal. God didn't have Elijah spend time at Kakishan River, though it would have been much closer to Japhat than Sheriff because he had a perfect plan and a perfect timetable in which to work it all out. Oftentimes in our lives, we don't get process as quickly as we would like but rather slowly so he can teach us patience and total dependency on him the journey is filled with just as many valleys as mountains just as many wilderness as the times by the brook so god can make us effective and efficient christians just as elijah needed sheriff he needed that 85 mile journey to japhath but certain that you need where you are today even if it means spending time in a season of waiting each season and every mile along the way is just one more step on the path towards becoming more like Christ. Though it may not seem per benefit for you today, be sure that as of for God, His way is perfect in Psalms 18.30. Arriving where God told him to go. As we know, the gate of the city was known as the place of judgment. In this story, the judgment had already been placed. The Lord had already had things in place before Elijah was sent. Sure, he had to go. But as he went in faith, God put the widow woman in his path. She was gathering sticks. She was out doing for her family. Widows were notorious for their poverty in the ancient world. God told Elijah to go to a Gentile widow and receive provisions. It probably seemed to make more sense to wait beside the dry brook. God will move you to where the flowing of his spirit is. No reason to stay in a dried up place. 
Elijah said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water. Water, in the consequence of a long drought, was doubtless scarce there as well as in the land of Israel. Yet being a pious woman, therefore ready to retrieve some for a stranger in distress, she readily goes to fetch it. Verse 11. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. This showed that she was a poor one, woman gathering meager scraps for firewood. Elijah perhaps thought that God would lead him to an unusually rich widow, but God led him to this poor Gentile widow. You learn from this the fact that she didn't even have firewood. Now there was no reason why she would have that even at the time of a famine of bread, for there was no famine of wood unless she had been extremely poor. God told Elijah in 1 Kings 17 and 9 that he commanded a widow to feed the prophet. Yet this woman seemed unaware of this commandment. This shows how God's unseen hand often works. As she was going to fetch it, she was preparing to obey the request of a complete stranger. By her language in the next verse, as the Lord thy God liveth, she accepts Elijah as a worshiper of Jehovah. The near neighborhood of Philoshin makes it easy to understand that the worship of Jehovah would be known to the inhabitants. The woman would recognize an Israelite in Elijah both in speech and his dress. My mind thinks that he already sent her for water. Now he's asking her for more. This is just how things add up to test us. Verse 12. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in, and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. You can almost hear the despair in her, the single mom's words as she told Elijah that she only had a handful of flour in a jar and the olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home for a final meal for myself and my son that we may eat it, then die. The point where she says, As the Lord thy God liveth, which shows that she could be a good woman, swearing by the living God and only Him, and that she took Elijah to be a good man, a prophet of the Lord. I have not a cake, greater or less, not a morsel of bread in the house, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. These separate and unmixed and not made into a cake, she said. She was going to dress it together to be intended to do what they needed to do. And behold, she said, I'm gathering two sticks or a few, which would be sufficient to bake a small cake meal with the oil and the flour to make her a meal and that they may eat it and die. What does bread represent spiritually? Well, bread is also a gift from God. When Moses fed his people in the desert with food which fell from heaven during the Last Supper, when bread became the body of Christ. When Jesus multiplied the bread to feed the crowd, bread became a sign of sharing. It also symbolizes the Word of God, which nourishes your soul. We have talked about before about how important baking is. The process of first growing the corn is needed. The milling or grinding of the corn into meal that is put in a barrel. We have talked about the growing of the olives and how the crushing of the olives into pulp then smashing with a great weight to extract the oil. How a skilled hand knows just the right amount to mix together to make a cake. Then the adding of heat to the cooking it. The cake is made by knowing and learning what to do. Bread symbolizes the Bible, God's holy word. 
You may have also heard scripture referencing to bread. Jesus was the physical embodiment of God's holy word. They are the one and the same. So if Jesus is the bread of life, we can connect the dots that the Bible is meant to feed us spiritually. The Bible, however, cannot nourish us if it sits on a shelf, unopened. For it is to feed us spiritually, we need to spend time in it reading it. If you truly want an experience with God, His grace, and feel His presence, we need to read His Word of God. We must spiritually eat of the bread that He has given us. If you are not being spiritually fed, you need to go to a new place that God has already prepared for you to go. Verse 13, And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a cake first, and bring it to me, and after make thee and thy for thy son. She was at the end of her rope. While the text doesn't say it, I imagine her head hanging low and warm tears brushing her cheeks as she described her plight. But Elijah said to her, Fear not, that she and her son should die, it would be not happening today. Go and do as thou said. Mix her meal and her oil and make a cake and bake it. But make me a cake first, he said. Bring it to me, and after that you can make one for yourself and your son. Which was not said of a selfish spirit by the prophet, but trying to build up the faith of that woman. And besides, the prophet was not only hungry and thirsty through his journey, he required to be served first, but it was for the sake of his substance that the Lord would command on blessing on this meal and oil. Therefore, she dressed it for herself and her son first. There would not have been any left for a divine blessing to descend upon. Verse 14, For thus said the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord shall send rain upon the earth. The widow did as Elijah said, and afterward, her flour jar never became empty, and her oil jar never ran dry, just as God had promised. For thus saith the Lord of Israel, whom the prophet perceived that she had knowledge of and faith in, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail. That is, the meal of the barrel and the oil in the cruise, or to change these words up, it says, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth, which was assuring her that the rain would come one day, and that the Lord, who had so command of it, would send it. And that, until that time come, she would have no lack of provisions, and therefore no need to scrimp on the dressing for the prophet first. Verse 15, And she went and did according to the sayings of Elijah. She and he and her house did eat many days. In fact, the widow and her family and Elijah had food throughout the entire multi-year drought. We love the story that shows that when God, we do what God asks us to do, and that's when we get the blessing. We will always overcome. God indeed chose this woman, but he chose her for more than just a miracle. He chose her for service. The choice of this woman, while it brought such a blessing to her, involved service. She was not elect merely to be saved in the famine, but to feed the prophet first. We must be as the woman of faith. She must make a little cake first, and afterwards she shall have multiplications of that meal and the oil. So the grace of God does not choose men to sleep and wake in heaven, nor choose them to live in sin and find themselves involved at last, nor choose them to be idle and go into their own worldly businesses, and yet win the reward at the last, which they never toiled over. Oh no, the sovereign elect grace of God chooses to be have repentance to faith, and afterwards to holy living, to service to Christ, to zeal, and devotion. 
This lasted a long time, and we think it was around the three-year mark. Verse 16, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of God, which he spoke by Elijah. Do not fear, for this is God's word to the widow woman through Elijah. Her present crisis rightly made her afraid, and God wanted to put her fears away and replace them with trust in him. Go and do as I have said, and make me a small cake from it first. What is this audacity boldly requesting from the prophet? He asked this distute woman to first give him something first, and her the last bit of the food. It seems like the worst kind of predatory fundraising. And the bin of flour shall not be used up, God said, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the Lord sends rain. This shows why Elijah could make such a request. It was because God told him that he would provide a never-ending supply of food for the widow woman and her son and Elijah himself. He asked the woman to put her trust in the great promises of God. Many times we skip to the end of the widow woman's story in 2 Kings, where she and her son lived happily ever after. Today we want to skip to the end, but life is a journey of faith. A journey to accept that in everything God is working, and we have to trust Him to bring us through it. God is our everything. The provider, the healer, the father, the brother, the sun, the moon. Sure, she was told to go, sell oil and pay her debt, and live on the rest. But there's much more to this story. Like the widow, we often discount the small things we possess as valuable. What it was one thing that you could not orderly consider to use in your current situation. Look at your life. You may have to tell the story of how God walked through with you to something of the worst memories of your life. You are better for the journey and have a story to bring life to others. What about a hobby that may be fine-tuned to provide business or income? God didn't put it in your heart, mind, or spirit for you to sit idly and not use your gift. There's three lessons that we need to learn when we need hope. Number one, there is no hopelessness in God. Our circumstances never tell us the whole story. They only tell of what we see with our eyes. But the eternal God is our refuge and always and always, always underneath there is His everlasting arm. You may be facing big unknowns. You may be at the end of your own ability. And you may not see a way through your circumstances. But the end of your hope is the middle of God's story. If it seems crazy that God provided for Elijah through ravens, It's just as far-fetched that God provided for Elijah through a Gentile, and not a Gentile woman, but a widow woman. As a Gentile widow living outside of Israel, she was outside the protections of the Jewish law and would have been amongst the poorest and the needy. She was a single mom who found herself at the end of her supplies and the end of her ability to provide. Reasoning was her only choice was to make a last meal, eat it, and die. But God's resources are unlimited and His timing is perfect. We might not see a way through, but God has never let us down. God wants us to put our faith in Him to deliver us. Number two, there is no lacking God. I imagine this widow woman watching her flower oil dwindle for weeks. She had one more handful of flour, and perhaps if she knocks over the barrel a little bit on the size of the container, she can get a little bit more. The oil jar left hanging upside down just so she could drain every ounce of oil out of it, just enough to make one more cake. 
Before she ever reaches the place of need, God knew how to meet that need. Her flower was getting low, but God knew Elijah would come. Her oil was running thin, but God knew Elijah would come. She heads out to gather sticks for her last meal, but God knew Elijah would come. Right now, your desperate need, God knows how he's going to meet it. In fact, God knows how he will meet you. God will provide guidance as you need it. God will provide wisdom as you need it. God will provide comfort as you need it. God will provide for you financially as you need it. God will provide grace to sustain you as you need it. God will provide for each circumstance as you need it. Number three, there is no lack in God, but there are tests of faith. You know God owns the cattle of a thousand hills and could have hand-delivered one to this woman, but instead he asked her to trust and obey. She had to give her last of what she had to the prophet of God with a promise that God would not let her flour and oil run out until the drought was over. God more wanted to supply the needs of this woman. He wanted this unbeliever in a Gentile country to know that he was the one true God. God was more interested in feeding her soul than feeding her stomach. When she trusted God with everything she had, God provided everything that she needed. And of course, God was faithful with his promise as only he can be. For three years, every time she reached into that jar of flour, there was enough. Every time she made cakes of oil and flour for Elijah, there was enough. When her growing boy was hungry, there was enough. Until God brought rain again, God provided for Elijah, this woman, and her son when she trusted God with everything she had. God wants the same for us. Maybe you wouldn't have written this story of your life the same way you're living it. Maybe you found yourself at the end of hope and the deep need. God will meet that need. He promises us that. But He wants more for you. God wants you to have hope beyond this life. He wants to feed your soul as the one true God can. But there's no hopelessness in God. And while there are tests of faith, there's no lack in God either. The same God who provided for Elijah and this widow woman in extreme drought and desperation is the same God who is faithful to us as well if we only trust and obey Him. Use what God puts in your spirit to have to help to others. Use your faith to follow God, and step by step He will lead and guide you to victory over each battle. Well, praise the Lord, and we thank you for that lesson. I hope that it brought you comfort and joy and faith and built you up a little bit and gave you encouragement that God will provide if we answer and do what He asks. We'll close in a prayer, and I thank you for being with us. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, for your stories that send us encouragement and, and show us examples of your love and how we can apply it to our life and our daily walk. Bless those that listen and bless those that return. In your blessed name we beg. Amen.